hey, Tony, I like video games. Well, hello there, Jake. I like video games, too. And space jump into a new episode of Hey, I Like That Game. Hey, I like that game. Nice. I like it. it sounded like the, the closing of a 90s like action cartoon theme song. Yeah. I mean, this game definitely gives those vibes, right? Like, there are some of those like big explosions. Crunchy mm-hmm. guitar, you know? This game has that. This game's got some heavy metal in it. It's got some it rock. It does have a little <laughs> bit of rock. And you do roll around on the ground, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how you doing, buddy? Like, what's... Uh, Unhinged. What's, <laughs> what's been going on, dude? Oh, gosh. Uh, not too much. Not too much. Uh, and that's pretty emblematic in in the in the games i've been playing it's um not a ton so just because like i i it's been taking a lot of my time and thus i must disgust uh this game i've been trying to uh black border all the intermediate levels for bloons tower defense six uh (laughs) so that just (laughs) involves (laughs) <laughs> uh, beating the hardest game mode um and there's like this well-known glitch in bloon six where you can um like pause the game in the middle of a round then press the uh, home button to go back to the main menu and then you can basically like use that to like exit out of a round halfway through like so if stuff's gonna go go poorly you're gonna lose game exit out come back in like reset the round basically um the developers and Ninja Kiwi know that you can do that uh, and to reward you and incentivize you to not do that. If you be uh, a level on the hardest difficulty without doing that, you get a special border around the level uh, map. So I'm trying to get that for all the intermediate maps. Um, it's time consuming. I'm trying not to use guides just for more fun. Um, and it's cool. Game rocks. Love it. Love it. Balloons Tower Defense. Six, right? We're done. Six? Six, yes. Uh, and that gets its uh, 2024 mention, so I can hold off till 2025 to talk about it some more. Uh, and then the other old strategy game that I've been filling my time with is um, Total War Warhammer 2. Going back to two, um, okay. Going back to two. So like I had three I had three because of Game Pass. Um I don't have Game Pass anymore because I was that immensely disappointed by Starfield. And like, you know, I'll probably pick it up Game Pass again in a little bit. Uh just got a new job, wait for a few paychecks before I can start uh, you know, luxury spending uh on, on stuff like that again. Um so yeah, went back to two. Um because like I don't know, like I'll watch some some uh Total War content on on youtube every so often i think it's kind of fun to like i don't know watch strategy uh guides for like different factions or even like kind of watch like high level competitive play which isn't like the most compelling of like rts's but it's still like okay like it's interesting to see what the the strategies are the meta are um so kind of taking that into some campaigns and like you know camp or uh, total war is a lot like a lot of those strategy games like Civ or like the Skylines where it's like you really need to put a ton of time into it before you start feeling like really at ease with a lot of the mechanics and what you can do with it. And like I finally feel like I've been like I'm I'm like flirting with that line and like I'm like really like settled and like good with it. Like I, I, I feel like I know what I'm doing and like the nuances between 
the factions and how they how they play um so i've just kind of been like ripping through a bunch of different like different types of factions and trying different campaigns and you know tweaking around with the difficulty to see what like feels feels fun um and it's cool like i've been talking about warhammer universe is is very silly it's very dark everybody's mean and xenophobic and i found that i like the the races or the factions that just like kind of shirk that off kind of like so in total war three i liked the demons of corn which are you know just just they're just fighty fighty demons they love it they don't care from where the blood flows as long as it flows uh for corn the blood god like that's cool all right they're loving it they're all okay. for it <laughs> and then in total war two play as the greenskins, the the orcs and the goblins and kind of like that like the trolls like those sorts of like those sorts of like the bad guys from lord of the rings essentially they all got like thick cockney accents and like their favorite thing is just to, like you know get into war and fight and the like best artillery is like you have goblins with explosives and like wingsuits that you launch and get into the enemy and they have like like super high accuracy because they're like being piloted at the same time and it's like it's this world is so grim and dark and like dour and like orcs they're just having the time of their lives they love it they just love fighting they love how dark and like mean everybody is so like i those are my factions the green skin campaign was my my favorite for total war uh two um I'll pick up three, I think, on Steam at some point once it goes on a on a decent sale. Um, so I can get, like, the full Immortal Empires campaign, which is where it basically, like, meshes three Warhammer games into one giant map and lets you choose from, like, all the different factions, um, which would be cool. Like, I've been, I've been having a good time with it. Yeah, like, maybe once... Uh, Three goes on Steam sale for like ideally twenty bucks, more realistically thirty bucks. I'll probably I'll probably complete my collection. It's uh you know it's it's really making me think that at some point you're gonna have to play Rome Total War for this podcast. Oh God, I ruined the day. It's <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be a rough one for for the old Tonester. Well, before you play before you play that game, what games have you been playing recently? So I've got two that I want to talk about here. Um, the first is this game um, called Cobalt Core. Um, so this game hit my feed as like, okay, here's another like roguelike deck builder that is really, really fun. You know, if you like Slay the Spire, try this thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I always try, like, I, I play all those games now. I'm so hooked by the whole roguelike thing um, and I try to play all the ones that are significant. And I really like this one. It's kind of unique hook is this like space combat. So you play as like a ship going through space on like whatever journey, like a nondescript journey. There's like a bunch of uh, text in the game and stuff kind of talking about what's going on. But I don't really pay attention to much of it. But you're flying through space with your spaceship. Um, you have three different pilots. Each one of those pilots uh, are different um, kind of styles uh, that will impact your starting deck and like the cards and upgrades you'll receive uh, that change your, your play style. Um, your ship, there's a bunch of different starting ones that have different 
like skills and abilities like this one has more hull this one instead of having normal cannons it has like sentry bots that come out this one has like a cannon that like switches sides as you play cards um which is interesting um but the the way combat works is it you could almost play this game in a spreadsheet i feel like um, (laughs) because it is you have three rows that you are manipulating the back two are your ship and then the forward one is uh the enemy and then there's like a mid ground um like state in the middle of the board and you're basically trying to maneuver your ship uh, to not get hit or put things in between you and the enemy ship so you don't get blasted by their guns um, or things like that. It's it's like a it's a very simple, easy to pick up and play mechanic, but the different types of ships, different pilots really impact how you build and play the game. So there's a lot of re- replay value there. Um, I'm really enjoying it. It's very lightweight. You know, like a run will be like mm, maybe 30 mm-hmm. minutes, um, maybe 30 minutes. Um, there's like th- a lot of good choices, a lot of different routes you could take in the uh, as you like progress to the each like area's boss. And I really like games uh, like this where there's a compelling choice between do I fight this elite version but get better rewards or do I fight this normal one because I have to worry about uh, my health and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And this game does a really good job yeah. of like presenting you with you good good options like that. Um, 30 minutes is very, very bite-sized for a roguelike. Yeah, I mean like I've had ones that have gone to 45 minutes, right? But like I would say – average run for me if i'm if i'm playing really fast like if i'm playing like a familiar style uh mm-hmm. you know 30 minutes sounds about about right um not bad or uh, or less um it's like the it, hero heroes of the storm of roguelikes like faster um, faster matches you know me i like that um <laughs> but yeah cobalt core it's a it's a cool game it's worth checking out um it's been fun to play on my steam deck and um with a mouse and keyboard on desktop works both ways pretty well. Um, okay. Next game that I've barely played, but I want to call out anyways, because probably the next time we do an episode, I'll have played a lot more. Pal world. Pal taking, world. Taking the world by storm. Pal world. Um, Making a pal out of everybody in the world. So this game is freaking bonkers it's like it's it's like pokemon but it's a survival crafting game but there's also guns you are also like (laughs) physically like fighting the pals um to catch them you can also catch the pals and like and it behaves like a lesser pokemon where they'll come out and assist you fighting but a lot of the combat is like you and your pals at least to the point that i've made it um Mm -hmm. The game incentivizes you to catch a lot of pals. Um, so you need to get like 10 of each uh, to like get like bonus experience, which as you level up, okay. it gives you um, points to unlock more crafting stuff. So like from start starting with a stick to getting a bow and arrow to eventually getting guns and all that kind of stuff. Like as you level up, that stuff becomes <laughs> more and more available to you to craft. Um it's really wild. Uh, it it just looks like so copyright 
fringy, you know, like <laughs> these mods are very close, you know, and there's already like mods out there that like lay it, lay in Pokemon skins to mm. these things, you know, like that will live forever, you know, but, uh, I don't know. I've barely scratched the surface. I, I think I'm only level like six or seven in like the 45 minutes ish that I played with a coworker earlier today. Um, you know, it's survival craft, right? So you have to like, yeah. there's a daylight cycle. You have to be by a fire during um, the evenings. There's hunger you have to worry about, not just your own, but your pals. Um, there's like a bunch of stuff that you have to build specifically. But I do like that it has like specific quests. Like it's telling you do these things in this order to like unlock more stuff to get more things to um you know build out mechanics basically uh so they do give you a nice like guided experience a little bit but mm-hmm. it is pretty janky in some ways um for sure but like i i don't know i because it's so big and so many people are playing it and there's the ability to have dedicated servers i have you know some co-workers uh, of mine that have one spun up so I'm going to try with them in like a big group activity like that uh, and then try to host like my own for a little bit and just try to get into it a little bit. You know, yeah. I, st- I still really don't want to build. I really want somebody just to like come into my world and like build a base for me. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, whatever. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I haven't I don't know much about that game other than kind of the reputation it's Gardner in its in its short time out. Um, I didn't even know yeah, it was like a survival building game until like, like two days ago or something like that. Yeah, I've seen a few of the the basically Pokemon pals. Like there's one that's essentially just Gyarados that I've I've seen stuff like that. And like I don't know. I just like I've never gotten into a like base building survival game online like that. Like I guess I other, I, I, other than I Minecraft. Other than Minecraft, and even so, like, I, I barely would play that online. Like, I guess, like, oh. when I was, like, really playing that, it was back when it was a bit more of, like, a hassle to kind of figure out. Like, I played some on Xbox with a friend, but that was, like, split-screen stuff, or we were, like, basically in the same room, and we'd be playing on our own uh, Xboxes. So, like, I don't yeah. know. I haven't, like, I haven't done anything like that. I feel like that's the kind of experience I almost like to have alone but like for all these games like all the extra fluff they add on to it like multiplayer really like builds into it or at least the world having like other people in it like i get why it needs to be there but none of them have ever like really yeah really hit me and it seems like pal world like i mean like the pokemon mechanic meshes fairly it does well on top of that it yeah. works with it. And like you see all the little monsters populating the world. They do a good job of highlighting, you know, what is too strong for you versus not. You know, it's, there's like obvious danger markers on them. They're they're all shapes and sizes. Um, it's interesting that the ones that fly, you can jump on their back and fly around with them once you unlock like certain abilities um, and saddles and stuff like that. Like there's I think all that stuff is really neat. Um, it's kind of crazy the aesthetic though, and that you can, um, 
basically put your pals to work in your base and like they show in the marketing materials he's like pals working in a sweatshop basically <laughs> and it's like what the fuck dude and like you can kill and eat the pals you can um you know there's all sorts of brutal things that they're doing with these like pokemon that you you know these the nintendo would never do something like this because they get go so far out of their way to like obscure the harsh realities of what like Pokemon would mean in a real world type right. thing, you know? Oh, Pokemon um, just love love battling. It's their favorite thing to do, and oh, they just have a big right. smile on their face after they get the crap beat out of them. <laughs> right, exactly. Like it, it's Nintendo softening of the edges in Power World. Just like, nah, bro, you got guns, and we kill them. We're gonna eat them. It's gonna be glorious. I'm gonna wear their their pelts as my face. Like it's. Uh, they they go from zero to a hundred for sure. Um, Which but like, it's, I mean, those are like the kinds of things like go for. I don't it. know. Why like not? I would think about when I was a kid, where it's like, wow, these creatures are yeah, they're, they're so yeah, it seems like evocative. A fu- yeah, it feels like a fake game like that. In that these are the these are like the imagine the imaginative game that I would think up of as a child, but never would make. And they're like, fuck it, we made it. <laughs> right. We yeah. Did it. Um, it's. I'm I'm very interested in, in, in digging in more um, both like in other people's worlds and then having my own, you know, um, I'm going to give it a shot here. Give it, give it, give it my old college try, you know, um, you got it. Pal world folks. Pal. Palling around. I, I eagerly await the update. Um, yeah. I don't know, though, because Tekken 8 literally just came out as we are recording this. Like, it came out yeah. early, and I'm downloading it. So, bruh. So, okay. All right. I'm, I'm excited I'm, for Tekken 8. I'm very excited for Tekken 8. I'm kind of torn right now. So, I'm, uh, like, I think I'm very much leaning towards, very much believe that, like, PS5 is, like, a Q1 2024 purchase. So do I hold off and get Tekken 8 for the PS5 or do I just get it PC? Like, well, it depends on how much money you want to spend and when, but you know, it is crossplay across uh, versions. So like that shouldn't factor into where you buy PlayStation network. I think, yeah, I'm going to PC it. What am I, what am I talking about it? PC for life, even with my PlayStation 5, PC for life. And you know what? Let's keep all this in the show, too. It feels like we're like... Yeah. Oh, this is staying in the show right here. <laughs> all right, let's talk about... I got nothing. I was going to Let's talk about uh, my uh, feelings of masculine inadequacy. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> oh no, I was going like a therapy angle. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna just let's just cut everything out. Let's start cut, again. Hey, Jake, cut, video hey, games. Video games are cool. I haven't played anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we're gonna get back. Wait, this is not even. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing, Jake. I lost me, my hold mind. On. Let me, let me. We've only done this a hundred times.
everybody. We are talking about Super Metroid today for the Super Nintendo for our Super 100th episode. We have not covered 100 games, not yet, but we, uh, I guess like some of those have covered games. We have not covered 100 episodes, I have to say, I think. So like we're not counting like, you know, modern releases, uh, like live not live shows we haven't done live shows shows where we met up after we like moved across the country and stuff like that cutting out things like sword and shield inscription tears of the kingdom if we cut those out we're at uh 88 if we include them we're at 91 we still have a couple more games to make it to 100 but this is the 100th episode 100th episode so uh yeah you know wanted to do something a little more a little more beloved, a little more known. Um, I was a little, little rushed in the choice. I was coming off illness from the new year and the traveling. So I was a little underprepared. So, you know, Super Metroid, I'm I'm eager to to discuss. I'm happy I played, um, especially after we've played Metroid Fusion and uh, Zero Mission also for the, the podcast. But, you know, since we've played both those games, it's going to be a lot of a conversation of like the three of them. I feel like maybe been the wrong choice mm-hmm. now that I thought about it more. I probably should have picked three, <laughs> three different, one of three different other games. Uh, one, Metroid Prime, which like makes kind of sense of like playing a Metroid game. Um, but like, I think we're not going to play another Metroid game until you bring it up, Tony. Uh, I, I was just about to say, I'm glad we're talking about this off the top here because uh, we're done with Metroid for a while after this. I'm, I'm guessing, like you said, unless we do Prime, which... In my opinion, the only way we really end up playing that is if we get like people requesting it, people donating for us to do it or something like that. Because I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with Metroid at this point. I yeah. I played so much of this stuff, and like this game, playing through it. Now that I've played so many of them, I haven't played this many Metroid games ever before this show. Um, and now I've really I understand what they've been doing for all these games now. And I've like kind of honed in on the things that I don't like about it, but there are so many things I do like, but I'm like pretty crystal clear in like my thoughts about the series, having played like five of them, six of them now. Yes. Um, Having now played super Metroid, which will, you know, which we'll discuss more. is kind of like the, the ur text of like what Metroid became Um, partially just because so, few mainline metroid games um especially 2d metroid games have ever been made um but uh yeah also just because this was a really influential and important game but uh one of the other two games i should have selected for the 100th 100th episode not 100th game and one of these two will probably come in in between uh now and that 100th game episode uh one is Fallout New Vegas, which was kind of like the aborted oh. first episode of the podcast, which I feel like makes it kind of thematically in- more important to us. Um, and then the other one, which is something that's been on the list since day one for me, is Time Splitters 2, which I just like need to make you play at some point. Well, we still got we still got episodes before we got episodes. We get those in. And then we got this episode, this which despite my hindsight, uh, is about Super Metroid, which was... I guess still is for the Super Nintendo, uh, and I played on uh, the Switch Virtual Console. 
So did I. Um, so I never owned this game. Um, like I never really got into Metroid uh, when I was younger because I just didn't have the games. Mm-hmm. Um, my cousin did. I remember my cousin Scott and Matt, uh, they both had um, Super Metroid for their uh, Super Nintendo. That's where I first played uh, Street Fighter was on their Super Nintendo with their game. So they had that and this game. Um, and I just like I started it. And I, I just got bored of it. I was like little. I mean, this game came out in 94. Yeah, I was like eight years old. Like mm-hmm. they had this. They, I'm pretty sure they had this brand new. So I was like a little kid. Couldn't couldn't get past Metroid. You know, Street Fighter was more my speed. Yeah. And I just never really played these games at this time. You know? Um, yeah, it was it was the same thing for me. And in, in, in my household, uh, Genesis had won the console war. Uh, my yeah. head like the closest like uh super nintendo i i had was my cousins who you know we'd see every once in a while and uh their super nintendo as far as i was concerned was strictly for playing teenage mutant ninja turtles 4 turtles in time and if the super nintendo was on and that was not the game playing somebody was using it wrong somebody fucked yeah, up yeah somebody yeah. really fucked up in that situation i know I had I had a bit of both. I had I had a lot of Sega games, but I also had a lot of Super Nintendo games. But like my Super Nintendo collection was like I guess like both collections were like very um, weird and eclectic. But like yeah, definitely had some big holes in my Super Nintendo collection, including Super Metroid here. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, like just like dive in. Do you, do you want to say anything else up top, or do you want to dive in here? Um, uh, so like, the one thing I wanted to talk about for like why I brought up the Switch specifically is um, I think this this game's correct me if I'm wrong this game's aspect ratio is a little messed with for for the Switch for the widescreen kind of format because like when I was playing it it felt very kind of like a little like almost like squished a little like zoomed in um, I, I remember. Uh, maybe it's like a screen size thing, but like Metroid Fusion, like you see a bit more of the map on the screen. Like Samus doesn't take up so much of of the screen itself. I watched some some side by side comparison, and they looked pretty similar. So then I was thinking about it, I'm like, oh, maybe like the Switch kind of like messes with the aspect ratio a bit more. But like, I don't know. Did you did you notice that, or am I am I seeing things? Nah, I'd, I mean, I'm pretty slow when it comes to that stuff, so um, I don't know if. I'm a good person to talk to about it. Like, I just like, I don't notice that mm. stuff until like somebody really has to point it out to me. And then I'll start to be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I kind of see it. I don't pick up on that stuff very quickly. Okay. Um, so I didn't even, didn't even think about it. Well, yeah. Well, uh, super Metroid, uh, is a, yeah. uh, a Metroidvania that came out for the super Nintendo. Yeah. We don't, we, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it, this is like, hey, I think big spoilers here. Hey, I like this game. Uh, it's this is like literally one of the best games of all time. Um, even though I don't love Metroid as a series, this game is very good, and I think it's I think it is very good because it starts off with such a bang. You know, like this game really moves. It starts with this like you know kind of escape. Uh, escape the 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 wreckage of a sh- or like what the ship is like crashing or something right so you have to like get out of there as fast as possible mm-hmm. um at the very beginning of the game and then it turns into your normal like you know metroid you're exploring these different uh planet scapes kind of um different levels within the planet right um 
like backtracking around all that stuff. Um, but it starts really fast, you know, and it has that like interesting gameplay section right up front. And then you're getting those upgrades really quickly. You know, mm-hmm. you get the morph ball, the missiles, you get a, uh, what's the, um, the first, uh, laser upgrade, like the, the spacer or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, you get that thing like super fast. I feel like in the first like 15 minutes, not even, I got like so many upgrades. Yeah. You it's know? Actually, let me, let me look it up here. What, what are the, what are the upgrades here? Yeah, it um, yeah. It, the game really moves from like you know the initial station to getting onto Zebes, you know, planet Zebes, um, Zebes, in, and then you like moving through the other, uh, you know, Brinstar, No Fair, um, it's uh, um, yeah, I, I like I am happy you were saying about like yeah, you know, spoilers like like this game super rad, um. And like like you were saying earlier, um, you know, and that we've played a good amount of Metroid games now, and that like now we've been able to identify the things more like that I uh, like and dislike about the series. And yeah, like you, Metroid has never been exactly my my jam. I think for how much like reverence I have for like Metroid Fusion uh, specifically, that haven't been the one I played. I played the most. Um, I've always, yeah, just kind of been ho-hum on the series. Like, I never finished Metroid Prime. Um, I kind of slid off that, never bothered with two or three in that in that series. Um, Dread felt a little over overblown to God. me, and I didn't, I didn't I exactly mesh with Dread. I, hate, um, I hated that game. I, got, I played that game all the way through, and I did not like it. I did but yeah, but, like, like the things that aren't, amazing about metroid or like the things i don't like love about metroid are a bit more i think prominent in super because they're they're the game that you know kind of did them did them first you know metroid for the uh, nintendo is um original nintendo is i've i've played that one too um like a while ago um is yeah very much like a foundation for it but like i don't think the genre of metroidvania really gets kicked off until until this era until the super nintendo um and this game and this you know sets that that language for really what the, the metroidvania is um so like the, yeah. the things that are this cool is... like this is where it started but the things that like you know i don't love about metroid like are kind of done here to a bit higher of a degree before they're sort of refined yeah. out of the series yeah 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 and like this is what the third the third Metroid game because there's a, the NES one. There was one for the Game Boy. That Game Boy. That right, and then the, this is like technically Metroid Three. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. And um, then it was and, Fusion. Yes, I think. Fusion then Zero Mission. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess so. Primes, like yeah. As as a third attempt at the series, I think the game's like it evolved in all the right ways. Like I feel like. The map in this game, um, there's so much more like exploration mm-hmm. in this game compared to like um, even like compared to Fusion. I feel like the the exploration in this game is like really good, um, and a lot of alternate paths and different. You it you're not always A to B to C to D. You know you'll you'll get to a new area and there's a lot of different ways you can explore and and, and check find stuff you know yeah um it feels like there's a lot of a lot of things to discover in the map and i guess like uh, you know a lot of metroid games are like that but like i was saying before like the 
the way that it starts in the um in the lab that's like exploding and like the ship is tilting while you're jumping and there's like you know interesting like turns in the gameplay like showing a fun little set piece then going into a map that's like really well designed in teaching you the mechanics of all the powers and what's available to you at any given time um and still making it open enough where you have to like make choices about where you're going and it's not just like moving from one cent piece to the to the next um mm-hmm. it's really it's it's really quite it, it, newsflash it's a good game it's quite well designed <laughs> it's it's really it's really good you know um it, it's pretty great it's like i love this era on the super nintendo because like so many uh designers are starting to like put together how to teach their games through like level design and stuff, you know, like some of the things in the Mega Man X games, it it does it similarly where it's teaching you its movement mechanics by like structuring walls and making sure that like you are quote unquote accidentally like running into mechanics and like having to do stuff, you know, um, like wall kicking and things like that. Um, Right. Right. It was a, I kind of had that that uh, moment of kind of like you were saying you uh, un- unraveled the the game and the and the map with the exploration in a very like non non linear way. Um, you know, as I was as I was going through it, um, I was sort of chafing against that because maybe around like the the halfway two thirds mark, uh, that that uh, stream of upgrades becomes more of a trickle. And there's uh, yeah. kind of like the classic Metroid problem, especially like the late game Metroid problem, where you're doing things, you're progressing, you're you know trying different routes and going down them. You're like, okay, like I, I wonder if this is getting me like further through the game, and then you just get to like a, a missile room, and it's like, ah, oh, it's a little sure. deflating. Like I thought I was kind of making progress through the game, and now like it's just you know I've gotten a missile. Um, but you know, around that around that point for me, I think after I got um, it was uh, like the wave beam or the or the gravity suit or something, I was a little stuck and uh, looked up a, a walkthrough and I was kind of going through and like I read past where I was. I was like, oh, like I've already like been through this area a bunch and like kind of explored explored there and like got a lot of like the upgrades along the way just through like kind of getting through. Uh, the map and like that's a, like that's a cool feeling that like that feels pretty good and like because of that stuff i had done like the kind of like the legwork before i was able to pretty mm-hmm. easily navigate through that that end game content and like what i thought was going to be like a lot more opening up new paths revealing more of the map just ended up kind of being like a, all right that's almost like a checklist sort of progression yeah I I totally agree with you that like it's right around, you know, the um, Meridia slash um, wrecked ship area is when you like kind of need to look at a guide. Like I started I didn't I looked up how to get to like Ridley because like I missed it like a couple of things. Like I don't know how there's, to get to this motherfucker. There's, like, there's what, some bullshit where do I like go? that in this game, where it's like yes, there's like there little is some, like there's some bullshit hidden blocks or like pixels or like yeah you spend yeah I think you like 
at least once will just power bomb a room to see if anything breaks or reveals itself. Like there's a lot of hunting yeah. for stuff. And like there were a few times I like, uh, I can't remember. Oh, like in Meridia to get to the like weird cocoon, like shoot its belly boss mm-hmm. um, to do that. You have to like jump down some spikes and like, that wasn't something I realized until like, I finally like watched it in a tutorial. I was like, Ah, uh, you know, kind of like head on forehead because the level design does yeah. sort of indicate that um, in that area too. Like, cause it's a grappling uh, section, and like, and the second part of it, the grappling point breaks. So to jump back, like you have to go onto the spikes. Like you realize, like, oh, they actually didn't hurt me. Yeah. So like, I get it. That was telegraph, but like, just barely. And I spent like an hour just completely fucking around the map because I didn't know I was supposed to supposed to jump down there and like There's, that restriction doesn't I, I feel great yeah that i i completely identify with this i had some a similar thing happen in brinstar it's like i couldn't fucking figure out how to get out of this like little series of rooms just could not fucking like i was randomly shooting everywhere was using the x-ray scope mm-hmm. you know i was like one of the core things i do not like about metroid games is this you know the where the hell do I go? I'm shooting everything. I'm trying to figure out how the hell do I get out of here and you just can't do it. And like I said, I spun my wheels for 15 minutes. I called up my good friend, Rob, future friend of the show, who is like a, a very good um, Super Metroid player. Like he can beat it in like two hours, you know, like he can do a Rad. pretty solid speed run of it. Yeah, right. It's so fucking cool. Um, but I called him to like, I, I sent him a screenshot of like the room. I was like, what the fuck? And it ended up being like, the upgrade pedestal crumbles. So if I would have like sat on it or something, it would have crumbled there. And it, no other upgrade block at that moment in the game had behaved like that. So I didn't even think it was an option. Right. Yeah. Right? Like these one off. So things. there's stuff like, yeah. there And like this game does a lot of those things that are novel. Like uh, I'm going to make a weird connection here, but like the, those statues with the Chozo statues, like, most of the time they just give you a power up. Sometimes you got to get in a ball and then it'll like walk around or do different things. Sometimes it'll fight you. Mm -hmm. So like it breaks expectations. Right. So like this game is always messing with that kind of stuff, but sometimes I just, I'm not vibing with how it's trying to, to tell me to finish a room or get to this next place. Cause I'm just not seeing it, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, you, you know what I'm That's saying? That's that like, Metroidvania part. Like it, it, you know, it's a Metroid. Part, it doesn't yeah. like feel. I don't know. Like you have, there's like the feeling of like, oh, like like very early in the game, you go to a door and like, oh, this one's red instead of blue. How do I open it? Like obviously, I need some kind of upgrade or item. You get the missiles. The missiles open those doors, or like, oh, like there's a grappling point in this room, and like there's some like grappling base like puzzle or like jumping a uh, section you gotta you gotta do to get, get to the next section like overcoming those challenges or those like puzzles feels good but it's like oh like well i already bombed the other corners of the room let me bomb this one ah there was something there like that like process of elimination progression or like blocking a progression that doesn't feel good. And like, that's one of the things that super Metroid, I feel I don't like, you know, I'd have to like tally the moments, you know, across all the 2d <laughs> Metroid games, but like feels I like, happen the more moments, often, right? listen, 
I couldn't find my Game Boy Advance charger because <laughs> I wanted to play some Fusion. Um, ah, as a comparison. As a point? comparison point, like, I wanted to look at the. I wanted to look at how big Samus was on the screen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like I, I feel you, man. Like there, there's some really frustrating things in this game for sure. I, I will say. Something that I love about this game that I don't remember it being in the other games. The X-ray scope, X-ray scope doesn't really. Yeah, I think this is this is like the this and uh, Prime have it, but like Prime is you know totally different. Different, yeah. The X-ray scope, I think, is like I was so taken aback that it came up in the game so late because that feels like something that would be really nice to have earlier in the game to teach you the language here of like, Hey, sometimes we're going to hide stuff in this level. Here's something that you can use to pan around, you know? Um, I think that would, that would serve the game a little bit better if that was earlier in the experience, because like that, that kind of deals with some of my frustrations with like Metroid games in general. And then for them to not really use it again, um, it's kind of baffling to me, you know, mm-hmm. um, in the other Metroid games that we've played. I think one of the other things that I think is a little baffling about this game is that like, so the speed booster, right? So when you're running, you get that like aura around you and you blast through rocks or whatever. I feel like, uh, that power doesn't come off as like strong or as like fun to use because like there's rooms earlier that require you to use the run ability, like to make it through a door that's right. closing or to the, do whatever. Uh, the noob bridge, um, as I uh, discovered yeah. it was called when I looked up how to get across it because I am a noob. <laughs> that's too funny. <laughs> I didn't even know about that. That's hilarious. But like, but yeah, like the speed booster doesn't feel as good to me because it's introduced like in such a, like a kind of meh way. I don't know. The speed, speed you know, boost the, is like, the, is, 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 cool but it's just so situational like there's no boss where the speed boost is a pivotal part because like it's take right. there's such a wind up there yeah it's not like the spacer or the wave beam morph ball you know grapple these it's, things like, there's like, a really lot of stuff gameplay. Yeah, it really alters gameplay or like what this game does really well is like when you get a beam upgrade or something like that like it like the rooms you were just in, like what you backtrack through, like make you feel so powerful and it's like so satisfying right. to like apply that new upgrade you got. Um, yeah, especially the screw attack. The screw attack just like makes you feel phenomenal. Oh, uh, for a while, okay. you hit you hit my pressure pressure point. So um, I have to. You said you said the magic word screw, <laughs> screw the screw attack, screw jump. So. We've talked, but the one thing that really frustrates me about Mega or uh, Metroid games and the 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 randomly shooting around levels, some of the way, like some of the way the levels are designed and how they teach you mm-hmm. levels, um, I I think I figured it out. I don't like ascending upward in Metroid games. There, it's incredibly frustrating. Like in Brinstar, you have the freeze beam, right? We have to like freeze something, jump onto a plat, like onto yeah, it, freeze, freeze the it, turtles. You got to do that so much. I, and it it's like the 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 movement is so precise and i don't know like maybe this is just a skill issue with me i've had this issue in metroid games before and i've seen people you know master the movement the mechanics mm-hmm. and like they can they can do it pixel perfect but i can't i really fucking suck at it and i dislike it so much and then same thing you finally get the screw jump which like okay 
that takes away some of the should take away some of the pain of ascending in the game. But uh, as I've mentioned in every one of these Metroid uh, episodes, like the screw jump, the way that you actually have to do it fucking sucks. And it just makes the screw jump really painful for me. You know, having to wait until the descent of your jump to press jump again Mm -hmm. to keep the screw attack going. And you have to kind of like lightly feather it. It's very precise in some ways. And like you can control it and change direction and do stuff with it. But like if you fuck up the input, you, you lose a lot more than you gain, you know? Um, Cause you could be in the middle of like a, a precise kind of screw jump section and accident input. Oh, you lost your screw jump. Now you're falling. Got to redo it again, you know? Um, or you're trying to do it. Like it only really works well. The screw jump, in my opinion, only really works well in those uh, rooms that are designed with you have to like move left to right continuously Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you just kind of have to feather the jump. That's when it works great. But when you're just trying to go up with it, trying to ascend through a level, it's it's frustrating. It's difficult to do for no fucking reason. Yeah. Yeah. I, am I am I alone in no, that or is it? Is I'm it just I'm me? totally with you. Like I had moments like that where, um, like especially after getting the getting the space jump, which is the non offensive version of the screw attack, I guess. And yeah, it's take taking that time and like, oh, like I didn't press the direction pad enough on this jump, so I stopped spinning. So now I can't like space jump anymore. I, hate it's, it. I oh, tumble to the I ground. Hate it. uh, it's so fucking bad. Yeah, I hate it. Um, but screw attack, you, you just, you just that... crush through things, and it feels so good to like no longer have to worry about like airborne enemies because you can just blow right through yeah. them. Oh, mm. that part is nice. That part is nice. Did you know that there's a wall jump in this game? Yeah, yeah. Like I had no, like I don't know how I completely missed it, but like it wasn't until the last like third of the game where there's a room. I think it's in I think it's in the sand areas. I think it's Meridia or something like um, where you have to do a wall jump, like the wall kick. And I struggled to do it so much because I didn't even think about it. And then I thought I was like, oh, wait a second. Samus can wall kick in Smash Brothers. So she could totally do it in this yeah, game. There we know? go. <laughs> and, I, and Smash Brothers brought me back to it. But like, yeah, I, I thought the, the wall jump was very. It's was very hard it's to super do. finicky. It's um it's finicky. I, Again, going up, jumping upward. It's so hard. Yeah, I like that you can do it. It feels cool to do. Um it was a little source of frustration because when I was looking at some of the earlier um walkthroughs for like when I was in Brinstar, they were all like, Oh, here's how you get to get the wave beam really early if you do a, a precise enough wall jump. And it's like, no, I don't want to sequence break that intensely. Like just like show me where to go next in the game. Um but yeah, it's uh, it's, cool. it's it's I don't know, it's cool to do, but yeah, it's one of those things that's like so mechanically finicky to pull off in an action game. I don't like it. That doesn't feel good. Doesn't, doesn't feel doesn't feel phenomenal. But the thing that does feel very good though is the grapple beam. Mm-hmm. Um, it feel it feels very good to swing, and there is I feel like there's some like. Uh, like uh, skill expression and how you swing off the points. You can like get some serious speed going if you do yeah. it right, you know? 
which I think is really neat. I think that's really neat. And it feels good. Yeah. Communicates it well. Grappling beam definitely feels um, good. Um, what doesn't feel good is having to... Uh, on the Switch, so I'm, I'm not sure what it is on the original uh, uh, SNES, but you have to like mash the select button to switch between... Like missile, super yeah, missile, power bomb. It's yeah, it's like it's a that's one of the things that I think like fusion figures out more where it's like yeah, hold down like a trigger and then press a button. And like that's how you do missiles now, versus pub. and then like that when you're in morph ball to do bomb versus power bomb. That is nice, but like and the select button especially is just like an awkward enough position for it to be not a good know, default. Not a good default. Not a good I default. wish you could can you but, could you switch it? You can remap it in the options, but you can only do it from like this start of game screen. So if you're like me using save states, oh, yeah, never same. go back to save screen. So you can do that. Um, you can do that. Remap a little bit. I don't know if it's a full remap ability, but you can remap controls in there. Because I remember thinking to myself, maybe I want to do that, but I just didn't. I'm, I'm a big dummy for that. But I remember noting it down because that was um, really dope. Yeah. Um, but, uh, let's see, you know, like the bosses and stuff, all your classic, um, Metroid bosses here, you know, your crades and, um, your Ridley's, uh, I actually really liked the Ridley fight in this one. Mm -hmm. Um, he was like predictable, but then like random at times, you know, it was a hard fight rewarding. I thought like the challenge level in general with this game was at the right mix of challenging, Challenging and rewarding, not challenging and frustrating. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, no, that Ridley fight's great. It's a, it's a small, it's a small boss arena, which I really, I yeah. really like. Um, precision, precision shooting and stuff like that. Like you really gotta. It took me a while, honestly, and I, I had to abuse that save states a little bit with that mm-hmm. one. Um, which I would have, I would have hated to play that game or that boss with the intentional way of reloading and getting back to that, the spot yeah. and doing that, it. I had I, I had to do that. I did a, that a manual uh run back on a on a save before I set up my save state on the on the second attempt. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. it's it's a difficult game without yeah being that like frustrating like level of difficulty or like you're dying I, all the, the time o- and always having to reload saves. Like yeah, I was using save states as well, but not to like you know, like run back at bosses like in, in rooms like that all the time, mostly just because it was faster to get to and like menu to. Yeah. The only fight that I have notated here that I did not, I I really didn't like and it. It's like also it's right before Ridley. It's like the double pirates that are mm, like, mm-hmm. they only turn yellow when they like do their dive attack. And like, I just couldn't figure out the pattern to get them to attack me. It just felt completely random when I beat it. It felt completely random. And I lost to it like three or four times in a row. And I was just getting really agitated because it's like, dude, I know Ridley's coming up. I had just like, honestly, I had just fucked up and went to the whole other side of the map. Like where like when you beat all the bosses, it opens up that one room. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, I went all the way there before Ridley thinking that, oh, it like Ridley will open this thing up and then I'll have to fight him down here. But it's like, Oh no, I have to go back and find out where to fight Ridley. So I, I just trekked all the way back, made it to basically that boss room. And then I had these motherfuckers that were just like 
random. They seemingly attacked you randomly. I just could not figure out how to how to get him to do what I wanted. It was so frustrating. I was doing like, all the other bosses. Like, I really did like. I like. Oh all yeah, good. like the I think uh, the uh, like the the shrimp don't shoot my belly boss. What was his name? Dragoon. Uh, he was probably the the like standout as far as like you know least favorite. But even even that wasn't wasn't so bad um you know it's, just, yeah. it's more like the screen size which why like why i like ridley is because like that's basically like on one screen like he'll fly up and be out of your view a little bit sometimes but like you guys are you're in it you're in the arena together whereas uh dragon shrimp guy like you know swoops in and out a lot there's a good amount of just kind of like jumping and uh like blind firing that that's required from yeah. that but yeah no solid boss design um the oh What's his name? I can't like the long arm guy that you like basically have to push into lava. Um that's Oh, I know I didn't like that fight. Oh, I like much. I don't know. I like I like the concept of like there's not really a health bar. You gotta you gotta push. Um and like it's not like I, a, it's not like a very difficult boss. It's sort of like repetitive. It's almost more like of a like a gimmick fight. And then I'm also just like a sucker for like his his bones coming back at the end and freaking you out. <laughs> yeah i i'll definitely agree that's a gimmick fight you know and i it that one took me three tries the first time i was like what the fuck is going on here like i just completely died to it i was not getting the gimmick and then um and then when i got the gimmick um it was easy <laughs> you know it was no yeah problem. it does not convey um, it extremely well that's um one of the bosses where like i've had fired like a ton of missiles into it now then uh, like at one point i kind of like jog my memory of like oh you like i think i've seen it on like a game stun quick or something of, like you push them yep yeah and same thing with the grapple grapple beam electrifying uh shit on the drag on or whatever like you were saying the what now kind of meh <laughs> The the shrimpy the remember the the boss Yo, that grabs wait, 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 you can electrify it? him. Yeah. Oh, like the shit on the walls. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that's why you would swing you never, so much when did... they grab you. Oh my god, you never did that. That you beat it. Oh my god, dude, you. <laughs> it's amazing. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Still, the hardest Metroid boss is the, like the big spider guy in Fusion. Like when the elevator yeah. breaks down. Um, that was such a sick boss. God, that's a cool boss. There's so like the critique that I had heard a little bit here and there about Metroid Fusion, which I now understand more having played Super Metroid, is the linearity of of Metroid Fusion. Like when you the, yeah. that's a much more like regimented and like segmented world there's like a kind of a soft hub world uh whenever you enter a new area like a lot of the times you're going into a navigation room which is going to give you like a specific objective point and that gets played with um a lot throughout the the game especially like later in the game like kind of like oh you're not gonna always gonna be able to go down the path that's like set before you because you have to like you know go go around um Hey, I, I I do do understand that uh, Super Metroid is very very nonlinear. Uh, like once you get through the tutorial area and land on on Zebes, um, you're you know just let off the leash and you know 
go go get it like the environment is going to give you all the objective guidance that you'll get um and you know then fusion which gives you gives you waypoints essentially not not so generous and like it's like skyrim or anything but like pretty yeah pretty handholdy especially compared to to super um i don't know like i like that part of metroid i don't like that not being sure where to progress the like going down pathways only to get like oh boy like three more super bombs like that's really gonna help out at this point um versus just like i would like to progress the game now kind of kind of feeling and the open worldness of a metroidvania isn't the same way of like a, a tears of the kingdom or like elden ring where you can go anywhere it's like when you've kind of like peeled back the world a bit more and get more upgrades it's like okay now i can go like two more places which like are any of those gonna lead me closer to the plot or are those just gonna give me another missile pack like there's that part of metroid which is like i get sort of one of the core factors of metroid that's kind of one of the defining features of metroidvania which is just not what i love as much out of games like i don't dislike linearity so much and the non-linearity yeah. of super metroid isn't like a non-linearity that like kind of in- engages me a bunch yeah i um I could see where you're coming from with that. I but I I do like I like this game a lot. I I still think Fusion is my favorite, but this is like number 2 for sure for me. Oh yeah, yeah. If we're I'm, if we're ranking them, that's that's where I am too. Ranking them. Um last things I want to say is that I really the thing I really appreciate about this game is that it does these like fun set pieces, right? And it does like interesting stuff at the end of the game with like the giant metroid um almost killing you but then doesn't then you fight mother brain again for reasons but then like metroid comes back sacrifices itself gives you like super laser beam powers you know like Mm -hmm. all of that stuff and like the final escape the save the animals versus save the frame stuff is very fun you know like i i love that little ending bit there and, and and trying to get faster at it it's fun um uh save the save the frames save the animals dude uh, Come on. Uh, save those 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 cute animals are doing like they didn't hurt you who hurt you Jay? <laughs> who, yeah who hurt you frames never animals, hurt bro. me either tony <laughs> oh oh my god go touch grass <laughs> jesus yeah i should <laughs> um so yeah uh yeah hey i like that game yeah yeah hey i like that game like super super hey i like that game um so so yeah i i think my ranking is fusion super zero mission dread is at the bottom like the dread is the fucking floor mm -hmm. oh my god all the way down there i'm not i'm not including prime into the the figure here since i think it's like such a different not till you make us play it for the podcast for the hundredth game If so, if somebody like donated like during the charity stream or something and like made us do it, then I I would. I think that's probably like the, what the bar would be. Gotcha. If somebody's got to donate for it, 
Um, the other thing I wanted to say, like while we're still talking about Super Metroid a little bit here, is um, playing through Super Metroid because it is a snappy, pretty fast game. Even if you're like playing it casually, it's like I don't know. I think it took me like six, seven hours. Like it really wasn't too bad yeah. at all. And that's me like fucking up. My a final lot, time you know? was six forty-six. Um, yeah. So like. Um, it pushed like it was a pretty breezy playthrough, and like I said, it really moved, which I liked. So it pushed me to go play another uh, critically acclaimed uh, Metroidvania, and that's uh, the Messenger. So I started that yesterday or two days ago, and I kind of no life did. I played like ten hours. Nice, it's crazy. <laughs> but like, um, but like, it's basically like a Ninja Gaiden plus like Metroidvania. So like the movement is like Ninja Gaiden, where you're kind of like. Clank, like climbing onto walls and like sticking there. There's like a grappling hook. There's like fast paced action and stuff. Um, and that game is like super good. Oh my God. I'm loving it so much. And it's made by the same developers that did sea of stars. Mm. It like, um, I think it's like sabotage. I think is the name of the studio. Um, it's, it's fucking great. And like, I'm very hot and cold on Metroidvanias in general. I don't seek them out unless somebody tells me there's like a really, really good one. And uh, playing Super Metroid rekindled that like ber- like fervor in me to play another Metroidvania game, but like making sure it's a very good one. You know, I feel like the top of the Metroidvania pile is like some peak video game stuff, but it can go south pretty fast yeah. too you know um it makes me um this just like a little a little curious to go back for for prime because like i you know i played that around launch uh, a friend had it i borrowed it got a little into it you know then stopped then like not you know i think in like undergrad or a little after that like i tried tried again it's like okay yeah like you know it's supposed to be a classic like like let's go for it and like got further in but you know still had that that same problem so you know i i you know definitely enjoyed this and like seeing the uh progenitor of pretty much all the, the good stuff of metroid in this game um is cool and then the same way like um I don't know, like the like RE4 like remake might like on paper like be a better game than the original RE4 just because like you know games have developed and like gotten to a like a whole new place you know in the time that you know in time that passes and in the same way like you know Metroid had had development since since Super came out and like it'd be cool to to see other areas of that and like I've you know, like fusion so much that it's kind of given me a curiosity about this this franchise, this subgenre, and like the more I kind of pick at it, the more yeah, I do find cool stuff. Yeah. Speaking of cool stuff, Jake, um, you wanna do you wanna talk about our next game? Yeah, we're gonna play for the podcast here. I do. Um, okay. So I'm gonna give you a choice. Oh, oh I love choices. <laughs> Both of these games started with Chi, and I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, no fucking way. Uh, I want both these games to be in our first hundred, the first hundred games that we covered. Okay. I want them both, so I was like, okay, I'll give you a choice here, but I'm just going to give them by, I'll give you just some descriptors, and you pick which one. Okay, okay. okay. Um, this One of them is a modern adventure game, 
And the other is an obscure retro action platformer. <sighs> I'm going to go based on mood. And I'm feeling a bit more action-y. Okay, so the, you want the obscure retro action platformer. Yeah, yeah. Folks, folks this is what uh, Jake has picked. Uh, okay, so... Uh, when I was younger, my dad would travel internationally a lot for work. And we've talked about this before. Like mm. uh, at the time, Sega Genesis was like big in my household. So my dad would come home with like just like weird games that he got while he was, you know, in Japan or like in another country or like wherever. He just knew I'll pick up the new hot Sega Genesis game and like kids will be happy. Um we talked about that a little bit with the episode Cyborg Justice. Oh, yeah. Um, this next game is in that same <laughs> that same pile that came from my uh, from my dad. Like this, another one who's like box art, like reached out and touched my soul <laughs> as a kid. Um, and now it's going to touch yours, Jake. Um, we are playing the early 90s Capcom Hidden Gem, the Cheeky Cheeky Boys, <laughs> a.k.a. the Mega Twins. <laughs> Uh, Jake, this hold game. Hold on, hold on. Rewind. I want to play the other game. <laughs> no, no. We gotta play the cheeky, cheeky boy. All right, here we go. I gotta send you. I'm sending you. Yeah, let me a let me right now. see what Eldritch Horror I've just be. uncovered here. Yeah, just Google cheeky, cheeky boys, cheeky, cheeky boys. or Mega Twins, or Mega Twins. It, look at the box art. Look at the box art first. Look at this pow anime. Amazing. I'm just going to copy this boys. image and we'll put this right. Look at this. Look at this video game. That was the box art that I had. How? Yeah. How do you, yeah. Not, how do you not fall in love with a video game that looks like that? Uh, for the folks at home, just 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 Google that. It's um, this the game little, is freaking like, wild. The alien dude. bean in the top left. It's just really, really drawing my eyes right now. I cannot wait for you to see some of the visuals in this game. Cheeky, but yes, the next game, boys. This is this game has been on my list since the, the dawn of this podcast. This is another one, yeah. Like OG list, yeah. This game is truly one that I have not gone back and played at all, and it could be amazing it could be awful i do know that they um there are versions that are two player so we should play it on our own and then try to try to play the the two play it's i mean it's an old it's an old sega genesis like art port of an arcade game so it's okay. not super long yeah yeah so we should be able to to do it but yeah cheeky cheeky boys folks for the next episode <laughs> hey i like that game if you had that on your bingo card <laughs> No way. Yep, I don't believe you. <laughs> Seek help. <laughs> I, I don't. This is this is one of the ones that I feel like uh, it. Nobody's like talked about this game, and I'm just so happy that we're gonna dive in on this. You one. just have um, so much more more obscure like tastes and like history than I do, and like you continue to be so much more like explorative, like. What, what did I come in today with a balloon six and Warhammer two, like <laughs> these old ass games that are like stale. You're just, you know, you're no, it's, what are you trying to say? Cheeky, cheeky boys is the new hotness. Hey, you listen, <laughs> it's going to be, it is obscure. You're right. I, I've got, I've got the obscure games here, but, uh, this one, this one should be fine. I, uh, I think it will be. 
Yeah. Um, okay, so Jake, this is our hundredth episode. Yeah. Jake. Uh kind of surreal to be honest. I've never like I, I said in our last episode, I've never like stuck with a creative project ever this long. Uh we started September twenty sixteen with Uncharted Two. Wow. Um Jeez. Jeez. Yeah, crazy. We've stayed like relatively consistent. You know, we've never committed to like a specific release schedule or anything like that. Or we just dropped episodes wherever it fit into our lives. Uh, and I really I credit that for being why we were able to stick with this for so long. Um, it's uh, it's always been like this like side project, uh, something that w- I was going to be doing this shit anyways. Um, so I'm just glad, Jake, that you uh, agreed to just like do this with me because i feel like i i totally like uh cornered you was like jake do this podcast with me i was i was trying to <laughs> accept it into you of like to get me like the gig of of co-hosts like oh like how's that new idea you've been munching on like oh that does sound pretty cool like i bet i could think of a few cool games to play for that podcast <laughs> yeah yeah uh but yeah this it I'm really glad that we decided to start doing this. Like, I, I really do. I credit this show with one of the main reasons I've been able to, like, now work in the games industry professionally. You know, it drove me to, like, think a lot more deeply about the games that I'm playing, um, paying attention to the art that's happening on screen and, like, how how to make them better, you know, and, and what, like, really makes them special. Yeah. Um, and, like, organizing around the show has allowed me, like, to do, like, the streaming thing. We do the charity streams now that we – you know, raised over 10K um, raised so far for NAMI for mental health services. Um, we've been able to do a bunch of like streaming tournaments and stuff like that, pay a bunch of players uh, to play Smash Brothers, which is like crazy. Uh, all of that like stems from like just this like project. Um, and it's crazy. It's really, it's really awesome. Um, it's really awesome, buddy. It's awesome, awesome and, like, to do with you. Yeah, yeah. And thanks, you. I, I, I'm pointing you to the, the viewer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like, this show has, like, been a uh, a really positive, pure, and wholesome thing to do for the past, you know, less than a decade now, but, you know, for a long time now. So uh, it's great, man. And, like, it... The world's a lot bleaker than when it started. When we when we started in early or, uh, late 2016, we thought, "No way, it's going to get worse." And it just <laughs> and it uh, it really has. But this has been like a nice little positive uh, corner of the internet to to be in, which was like the aim all along, right? Yeah. Like to to talk about games and have a good time with it, spread the positivity, even when we're um, dumping on a game. It's, yeah. It's um, been a nice, it's been a nice space and it's been very personally enriching. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's been incredibly hard the last handful of years since the start of the pandemic and the last like two years now with like so many, so many people losing their jobs across several industries in, in the gaming industry. And, <laughs> like and, me. <laughs> yeah, like you like you. Like you lost your job this year. And I just I just lost a bunch of coworkers myself. Yeah, yeah. And it, it sucks. And it um you know, the the most the mo- the best part about working in games is really the the outrageously talented people that you get to work with 
through it. Um, and it's been such a awesome part of my life that is only possible because of, you know, this show and all of that. Um, and talking about games and trying to spread the positivity. And this, this is, uh, the space where we're going to keep trying to do that. Um, it's been, it's been really tough, the the past year or so, but definitely going to get better. And this show is going to be some of that, that light in the darkness, you know, as we talk about the cheeky, cheeky <laughs> boys, Jake. <laughs> oh, I just look back over at them. <laughs> <laughs> that, the darkness in the light, the cheeky, cheeky boys. I think Akira Toriyama needs to sue somebody. <laughs> He's on Nimbus. Like, I guess, like, clouds aren't, you know, <laughs> copyrighted. Yeah, I, yeah, this this is, like, you know, region-free uh, Akira Toriyama, yeah. for sure. <laughs> uh, but anyways, Jake, uh, as always, live life passionately. Love each other unconditionally. And play video games. Thanks for listening, folks. A hundred episodes more. A hundred episodes more, Jake. Hundred episodes. Put "Hey, I like that game" um into the uh, space module and shoot it off for aliens to find. I think what this means uh, that we can officially uh, try to get syndication. Uh, there we go. Hundred episodes. We'll give this over to uh, iHeartRadio. And nobody will listen. <laughs> uh, that'll be good. We'll put it on G4. Oh, what about G5? G5. Didn't G4 nice like start up and close down again? <laughs> yeah, that's RIP. God uh, damn. It's been, RIP a rough, again. it's been a rough Listen, time. I spent a lot of time watching G4. So like I was, you know. I love G4. A bit, yeah, G4 like we was had great. cable growing up. So like, and I was a bit like a latchkey kid too. So like I was the only one home after my sister went to college. So like sophomore year onward, like get home from school, X play is on, let's watch some games. You know, Adam Sessler, Morgan Webb, what do you two gotta say about the games today? Uh that was that was a very uh formative channel for me. I also loved Attack of the Show, if I'm being honest. Like Attack of the Show is great. Yeah, Kevin Ferreira, Olivia Munn. It was great. Wonderful. <laughs> Is this episode over? Are we done? Nah, it's never ending. Jake, I, Jake, are you still are you playing the cheeky, cheeky voice right now? Cheeky, cheeky. Now I'm slap the dragon. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you like the show, please give us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to this on. You know, every little bit helps. Hashtag propagate the pod.